I can't believe what I'm looking at right now. I'm here to tell you right now, I'm looking at the production line Araza and games are shipping today. It's a beautiful sight. This game looks incredible. I wish I ordered one. Alright, I was kidding. It's April Fool's Day. There are no Raza shipping today. There is no imagery of the production line. Did I get you there for just a little bit? Now, we should have heard an update by now. And I want to go back and I want to read what we were told by Deep Root Pinball at the end of February. This is the line that has some of you who pre-ordered Raza starting to feel a little nervous. They said, we thank you again for your patience. We plan to update customers again by the end of March. Now, it is April 1st. It is April Fool's Day. Or is Deep Root making fools of everybody who pre-ordered this game back in December? It's starting to look like that. Or will all of the haters in the thread be made to look the fool if this game comes out and skyrockets in price and becomes this amazing title everybody wants but only 150 people have? That's what people like Yellow Bird are hoping happens. That's why he paid in full for two back in December, $20,000. He gave Deep Root Pinball Yellow Bird back in December, paid in full for the game to cut the line and be the first to get his Raza. Imagine if Yellow Bird had bought Bitcoin back in December or had bought GameStop. It goes on and on and on. The regrets some of these gentlemen must have. But if you have a lot of money, I think these are the people who took the risk on this game. Now, here's the part that really doesn't make much sense to me is if you're going to say you will update your customers by the end of March, did you forget that you said that? And this is where it gets worrisome. And if you're out there and you invested in this, you really have no one to blame but yourself. Like this isn't some new company with a new person. Everyone knew what happened with J-Pop. Everyone knew what Deep Roots delays were. It wasn't like you just stumbled into pinball and put a deposit down. Because if you had just asked anybody, right? If anyone asked the community, is it a safe bet to invest in this game? And should I pre-order Raza? You would have had like 80 people jump on your back and say, what are you doing, man? Don't do it. So look, end of March, no update came. Now, what I'm curious is what the reaction will be from the buyers of this game. I went into the Deep Root thread and I started to see some people in the owner's thread that were saying they were going to get upset and be mad if they did not get an update by the end of March. So let's see if these gentlemen finally start to lose the patience that Deep Root Pinball has thanked them for in the past. Has the Suez Canal issue created a delay for Deep Root? What delay is around the corner for them? There have been many excuses, but there are no games. I think people just want to see games, but I think this is very indicative of what we've seen in the past. Isn't it starting to remind everybody of what went on with Highway Pinball? At least we saw a production line at Highway Pinball. At least we saw a production line at Dutch Pinball. 
out of all the boutiques sort of not, I won't even say like they're failures, but they are failures. Out of all the boutique companies that really struggled to make pinball product, at least we saw they had manufacturing. They ran out of money, all those companies, and they couldn't quite get it done. But with Deep Root, we know they've spent a ton of money. We have never seen any manufacturing, but now we think this outcome will be better this time around without even seeing any manufacturing. I don't understand how you come to that conclusion. I don't understand how you pre-ordered in fall Yellow Bird. I, I hope you get your games. You know, you know, someone said something to me. Someone said something to me. Some very prominent figure in the pinball world said, Chris, you need to stop saying, I hope they get their games. He said, we should all be saying, I hope they don't get their games because these people need to learn a lesson is what this person told me. And until people actually get burned and say it's over, like you're not getting your Razas ever. You're never getting your magic girl. John Papaduke has destroyed millions of dollars from this hobby. And until people finally put the nail in the coffin and stop saying, I hope you get your games, people will never learn. So I don't know, there's something to be said for that. Maybe that is what we all should be saying to these buyers of this game. But nobody wants to see anyone get ripped off. But there's nobody to blame but the buyers this time around. There's nobody to blame. We didn't know better in 2000, what, what, 2013 or 14 when John wheeled out Magic Girl and Raza and the Translites. We all got blinded by Zombietti's artwork. It was so beautiful. How, what possibly could go wrong? This was the great J-pop. And now we know, now we know what kind of designer he is. He can't get it done. All right, let's move on to a news item of the day. This is now the only pinball. No, it's not the only pinball podcast giving you news. But here is something that I'm hearing that I think will excite you because the thing I've been thinking about as we get into this period of April is this. It's been a while since Stern revealed Led Zeppelin. So we definitely know a Stern title is coming up in the next month or so. Now, I can't help but think this would have been a great window for the other companies to release something. If you're American Pinball, if you're Chicago Gaming Company, if you're P3 Multimorphic, if you're anybody, anyone else out there who has a pinball product, if you're Deep Root Pinball, this would have been such a great window to release a product, release it with non-refundable deposits, and get people games during this great spring window of pinball. And guess what? Who's releasing a game right now when there's no Stern games that are new? Nobody. Nobody. And now I'm worried that when Stern's next game comes out, that's when the next companies are going to try to drop their products. And I think it's silly because we all have such confidence that Stern will get you the game quickly. But man, what a missed opportunity for all these other companies to take advantage of this window. Now, speaking of what's next from who, here is the news I'm here to tell you on Canada's Pinball Podcast. Please attribute this to me. If you go on Pinside or if you have your show, please say Canada's saying this. So here's what I'm hearing. Spooky Pinball's next game will be revealed in June of 2021. The new game that they will reveal in June of 2021 will not be TNA 2.0. It might be part of it, but it's not going to be the big reveal. 
and I am hearing that it is a mainstream title and it is also based on a movie. So Spooky has learned its lesson. It's not going to go after some obscure horror thing anymore. Chuck and Bug have seen the light with Rick and Morty sales. They know where the excitement lies. Now what's exciting about this is this will be Spooky Pinball's first mainstream movie game. And if you're going to try to create a pinball machine that excites people by the theme alone, this is the way you do it. Like there's a reason why the majority of Stern's games are movie related pins. The majority of games over at Jersey Jack Pinball are movie related pins. They just sell really well because there are so many fans. So what do you think the mainstream movie is? that Spooky Pinball will make their game based on. Email me at canadapinball at gmail.com and tell me what your thoughts are on what this theme could be. Is it Night of the Living Dead? Is it still going to have some horror theme to it? Is it going to be Friday the 13th? I don't know. Are they going to stay in that spooky realm? I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think it's going to be something else. But this also rules out Futurama, which is a theme that we've heard over and over again. Now, I know Spooky would have loved to have made a Godzilla movie-themed game. Now, here's the thing. How bad did Stern miss releasing Godzilla right now? Because if you look at the world right now, King Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus King Kong. This movie is huge. The excitement for it is huge. The box office numbers are huge. The media coverage and the fanfare around this movie are huge. These King of the Monsters fighting it out are everywhere in pop culture. They're everywhere in the media. And it would have been such a smart move by Stern Pinball to release Godzilla right now because they would be part of all this excitement because it's like Godzilla mania is sweeping the globe. And hey, there's also even a new Godzilla pinball machine available for all you Godzilla fanatics. It wouldn't matter that it's not based exactly on this movie because it's Godzilla and the Godzilla fandom is everywhere. And so it's silly that if Stern is making Godzilla, that they would delay it until sometime in the summer or the fall. Now, I've been hearing that Brian Eddy's title is next, but they might flip it. And, that, and don't be surprised if Stern does flip it. We know that Brian Eddy's game is going to be a contemporary theme. We know that Zombie Eddy, I believe, is doing the art package for that game with Brian Eddy. I don't know who the coder is on the Brian Eddy machine. We know that it's going to be a layout more like The Shadow. That's what we know. We know that Keith Elwin is working on Godzilla and it's supposed to be packed. It's supposed to be packed. But you know what? I'm not really sure now because I spoke to someone over at Stern Pinball after the Twippies and they were saying like, yeah, if we had the bomb that Jersey Jack does, it would be a different story. And I was like, well, what about Godzilla? They're like, they're like, we still design for profitability. And that's the reality over at Stern is profitability is the main thing they're trying to hit. And they always hit it. They're always making money on these games, but they don't design to passion as much as they would like to. 
And I'm hearing that from multiple people inside the walls of Stern. Okay, happy April Fool's Day, people. Sorry about that Raza thing at the beginning. Hopefully you don't hate me and you still listen to Canada's Pinball Podcast. What else is going on in pinball? So Chicago Gaming Company, we continue to wait for Cactus Canyon. Now, I was talking to Mr. Ben Heck a few days ago, and I said, Ben, how's your game coming along? And he's never going to tell me anything real about it, but he's like, and he said he doesn't think it's coming out to maybe late 2022 now because of where things Things are with Chicago Gaming Company. He said there is a remake next, and then there will be an original game that is a licensed IP from Chicago Gaming Company, and then Ben Hex game. So if you look at this, it's almost like two years between launches. I don't know if Ben Hex game is even coming out in 2022, to be honest. I think we could see it in 2023, which is unfortunate that Chicago Gaming Company is taking so long to remake a game that's already been made. Now, when I was talking to Ryan White, I got the sense that Cactus Canyon was sort of ready to go and they weren't quite happy with it. And what I mean by that is not that there was any problems with it, but they knew they could make it even better and even sweeter. So I think that's what's happening. I think what's holding it up now, if you were to ask me, will be stuff like, can we make the topper better? Can we add any better sculpts to this game? Sort of like they did with Monster bash and obviously the code like I know they're improving the code on this game so are they looking at the code and saying can we even add more new stuff to get people excited with this game I do think when Cactus Canyon gets revealed and people see all the mechs in that game I think people are gonna love it I think people are gonna buy it I think this game is packed I think it's got a ton of toys and gimmicks which people love even though it's an original theme they're only trying to sell you usually like a thousand or fifteen hundred LEDs I think they'll sell every one. The real question I have is where do they price this game at, right? Because if Jersey Jack Pinball just increased all of their prices by $1,000, if you're a Chicago gaming company and you're giving people this amazing topper as part of the game, if you're doing all this stuff, if you're redoing the code, if you're redoing sculpts, how do you charge only what, like $9,000 for the game? I fully expect to see a price increase of at least $1,000 by Chicago Gaming Company. They'd be silly not to do it. They must be looking at these Medieval Madness Royal Editions, which they made four to 500 of. They're selling for $15,000 and they're selling out immediately at that price. They must be looking at Pirates of the Caribbean selling for $30,000, $40,000. And they're probably gonna say like, why are we leaving so much money on the table? You see this, this new inbox, Pirates of the Caribbean Collector's Edition sold, confirmed sale, for $38,000. Let me repeat that. Pirates of the Caribbean, new in box, which was $12,500 new, just sold for $38,000. It might have been $38,500. Now, let's let's deconstruct this for a bit. $38,000 for a Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, This is not an April Fool's joke, people. I don't understand how anyone, and I mean this, anyone could value that game at that much money. I don't get it. It's indicative of where we are in this NFT culture of overpaying for everything right now. People are overpaying for homes. People are overpaying for video games. People are overpaying for artwork. People are overpaying for a lot. And I hope all of these people who drive these prices to the moon understand that when you pay this much money for stuff 
I really have a hard time understanding how it would bring you satisfaction. Like, how could you be satisfied knowing that you spent $38,000 on a pinball machine that two years ago was sitting at automated pinball in a box and nobody wanted it for an entire year? They were sitting on Pirates of the Caribbean CEs for 12 months and nobody wanted any of them. You could have picked one up from Mike at Automated any day for a 12-month period. Now, if people didn't like the game then and the game sat then for an entire year, why is it now $38,000? The game's not different. The game's not any better. All it is, all it is, is FOMO and rich men flexing. And I am so happy that I don't feel any of that anymore in pinball. I don't care. I don't care to like try to show you that I have enough money to buy something for three times what it's worth. No, I don't care about that. I don't care to own something at that price because think about it. If you bought this game for $38,000 new in box, right? Here's the one thing you can't do now. You can't unbox it. If the moment you unbox a $38,000 new in box Pirate CE, you lose the real value of it that it's still in a box. And then here's the sad part, we're all gonna die. So in a world in which we're all gonna die and the only reason to own any of these pinball machines is to play them and enjoy them, how can you unbox it? How can you play this game? And how can you put wear and tear on something that you spent $38,000 on? And someone said this, it was Mr. Rare Hero. He said that this company right now is experiencing its Tron LE moment. And I believe him. Remember when Tron LE came out and all of a sudden they only made 400 with the Daft Punk multi-ball and, and people didn't realize at the time that there would be such demand for the game. So it sold for 5,700 bucks, okay? And so what happened, like a year later, everyone realized how good Tron LE was and there were no more and they weren't making any more and they weren't putting that Daft Punk multi-ball mode into the premiums and what happened, the prices of Tron tripled and the same thing. You saw new inbox Trons were selling for $15,000 and everyone was trying to like cash out at such a high price and nobody would sell them. Okay, so it seemed like a good buy. But then the bottom falls out and here's why the bottom falls out. Because more and more new games will come out that are better. More and more new games are going to come out from Jersey Jack Pinball that are better than Pirates of the Caribbean. People are buying this game as if Jersey Jack Pinball is going away tomorrow. They're not. Toy Story will probably be a better game. Guns N' Roses is a better game. Jersey Jack Pinball moving forward will continue to make better games. So do I think Jersey Jack Pinball will remake Pirates? And I've been thinking about this, and the more I think about it, it almost doesn't make any sense because I think never remaking Pirates again is actually the greatest marketing tool this company can have. It does nothing but create more hype and enthusiasm for every new game they have coming out because this is what happens. And this is what happened with Tron is once Tron LE established itself as this have to have game, then everyone went in on the next Stern LEs and they started to sell out instantly. Remember, everybody ran towards Avengers LE and said, this is gonna be the next Tron LE. And what happened? The game was kind of a dog. And that's what happened at Stern is like people started to speculate on every single Stern LE and gobble all of them up. And then you had games that just fell flat. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if Transformers was after that. It might've been, but you got this point where people realized this is not 
really sustainable. We can't really do this. We can't just buy up every single game and say, this is the next collectible that everyone's going to want and it's going to keep going up and up and up in price. And so now a Tron LE opened up with plays on it. You're probably talking about 10 grand, maybe nine grand. And so the same thing will happen with Pirates of the Caribbean CE as more great games come out from Jersey Jack Pinball and from Stern and from CGC and from American Pinball, as more and more great games come out, you are going to see these prices slide. And the fools who paid the most, I, I mean, the fools who paid 35 or 38 or 30 for these games and 25 for an LE or 20 for an LE, they're, they're fools. They're fools. It is April Fool's Day, and congratulations, you are fools, because your prices, those prices have nowhere to go but down. There's no way these prices are going to continue to climb um, if you bought at that price, okay? But I don't think Jersey Jack will ever remake it now because think about it. Now everyone's going to run and buy out Guns N' Roses CE. Everyone's going to run and buy out Toy Story CE. Jersey Jack Pinball is the hottest pinball company right now. They just took home nine twippies. There's a reason why every new Jersey Jack pinball release is the biggest moment in pinball each year because they just put more in the games and the excitement level around what JJP is doing is much higher than what's happening next at Stern because we know, we know as great as Keith Elwin is, as exciting it is to have Stern make so many games, we all know that Stern will cut corners financially and won't put everything that they could into these games. And Stern games, for the most part, are usually mechanically somewhat underwhelming considering what could be done if they really let their designers go crazy. And over at JJP, they invest more in their designers, they invest more in the games, and they've had varying degrees of success with that. Some of the games have been hits, some have been misses, but no game is worth $38,000. No pin is even worth $20,000. I would say the ceiling for me of a pinball machine that's fully decked out, that's limited, I would say 15 k is as much as I ever would want to spend on a pinball machine. And I know I spent $23,000 on Magic Girl, and I learned my lesson, and I'll never do it again. And I wish I had put that $23,000 into a million other investments other than a pinball machine because the other part is the only thing that makes it exciting owning these rare games is thinking about what their value might be when you sell it. And then again, you're going to die. You're not going to want to play it. When you look at these games through the lens of, well, what will the resale value be? That's just the wrong way to look at this stuff. It it's really is. It's not how we should look at anything. Like you should drive your car. You should wear your nice Rolex every day you can. You should put on your nice sports blazer every time you can. Because again, we're going to die. So we should look as good as we can each day. We should take care of ourselves. And we should enjoy and drink that rare bottle of wine. Because if it just sits there, what happens when you cross the street and you get hit by a bus tomorrow, right? Enjoy all this stuff. So when's the next game from American Pinball going to be? This would have been a great window for American Pinball to release their next game and nothing happening yet over at American Pinball. I'm a little bit confused because apparently this is from a junior designer and I think this has to be a game that was in development sometime before this year. So when will we see the next game? I read an interview with Michael Grant and I know that I always pick on this company because they're easy to pick on. Like Michael Grant said, they're still getting orders for Houdini and Oktoberfest. Let's deconstruct that. Who the hell is still ordering 
Houdini and Oktoberfest. Nobody. He knows this. You know it. There's no reason anyone would pay new in box prices for either one of those games because they're they're available all over the place for much less money. So there's no way orders are flying in for those games at all. I think Hot Wheels orders have also dried up. There must be hardly any orders coming in at American Pinball right now. They need a new title. They need to get excitement going. David Fix came out and said all this stuff on the Super Awesome Pinball Show. Where are the fruits of all of those statements? Are we going to see it anytime soon? Where is he going to go? What podcast will David Fix turn to now that Saps is gone? I was thinking about that. Between him and the Pinball Brothers, now they might have to come to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Hey, and they should because you will reach the largest audience if you come on this show, David Fix. And I would love to have David Fix on the show. I am going to invite David Fix right now to come on Canada's Pinball Podcast anytime you want, David, to talk about what the plans are over at AP. I will be nothing but respectful, and you will reach the largest audience. I think it is the right move to make. So let's see if David Fix hits me up and takes me up on this offer, okay? The other thing I saw was that they are going to make Joe Balser's game number six still, and I think it's a mistake. I explained why on my last show. If this company is moving forward and they moved away from Joe Balser, why would they still make a Joe Balser game? Now, you could argue, like, maybe it's an amazing game, maybe, they, but, 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 but still, I think they need to make this company feel like it's the new American pinball, not the old American pinball, and so I want to see stuff from Dennis Nordman. I want to see stuff from these junior designers. I don't want to see stuff from Joe Balser if Joe Balser is no longer part of this company. So let's see what happens over there. They need to make licensed themes. They need to utilize Roger Sharp and get themes that people want. They can't make these original games and be successful. David Fix, Michael Grant, go get Akira. Go get Akira and make a thousand Akiras and charge 12.5 for those thousand Akiras. Akira! And watch what'll happen. I guarantee you, American Pinball, I challenge you, American Pinball. I bet you I'll buy it right now. I'll bet you $10,000, $10,000. If you make Akira Pinball, American Pinball, if you make Akira Pinball, you will sell out and you will sell everyone but you got to make it good. Like, don't sandbag it like Hot Wheels. If you make it, they will come. And it's one of those themes like Rick and Morty. Where I get it's Rick and Morty's more mainstream, but people have no idea. Akira's got 30-plus years of fandom all over the world. People in Japan, you would sell them all to the Japanese fans of, of Kadoshira Ultimo. You would. All the Akira fans in Japan alone would gobble these things up. And the amount of Akira collectors out there in the anime space would gobble them up. That's the kind of fandom this this property has I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stop talking about it but you know how i feel about akira my name's kanita that's where it comes from if you haven't seen akira you should go watch it it's an amazing movie it's a work of art and this pinball machine would be a work of art okay so what else is going on in pinball anything from anywhere else nope here we go would have been a perfect time to release kingpin not happening what's happening with that company i think we're going to see kingpin through uh, american pinball i do i think that's one of the titles they're going to make i think it would be smart again limited run old game that had a lot of value, remake it. Hey, someone should be going after King Kong. Why is nobody making King Kong? Look how much people love King Kong this week, right? Where is King Kong? The Data East King Kong sells for $50,000. That would be another great property to go get. If Stern's got Godzilla, then who's got King Kong? I bet Stern also has King Kong. I, I, it would be smart 
if they're talking to the you know to the folks who own these properties but that would be amazing i would love to see a king kong based on the old black and white kong movie and i would love like a like a sort of a, a throwback like 1920s looking black and white gray scaled king kong with the old school empire state building and just have it like all the airplanes going around the top of it and that's like a spinner that you hit how cool would that be i mean the mechs would be amazing and it would just look so gorgeous and again king kong king kong can't be the most expensive thing to go get so if i'm american pinball i think there are so many things that they could ask roger sharp hey could we get this let's go get this Let's go get this film that people love, that everyone recognizes. Okay, I think this has been it for my little April 1st version of Canada's Pinball Podcast, everybody. Thank you again for all your votes. It was really nice hanging out with you guys on Saturday. You know, I will say this. I will say this. I think, as I said in my last show, I think we need the energy level of these shows to get up another notch. I do think that Zach and Greg brought an energy to the Twippies that most of us are missing. And I've told this to Greg, like they were great hosts and they had great chemistry. And I missed that in Saturday evening's show. And I think we need to figure out how to get that energy into the show. And here's why, because a lot of people, a lot of people who are not diehards like us watched the show, family members, friends, coworkers that we invited to check out the best in pinball. And I don't care if there's feuding behind the scenes with all of these personalities. Ultimately, if we want to be ambassadors to pinball and bring new people in and also just make pinball award show moments that are celebrating this thing that is so creative and so much fun, then we need to put the best people forward to do it. And if Zach and Greg have the best way to carry an award show because of their chemistry and banter and the way they do it, then that's what I want to see more of. It's not an endorsement of the Pinball Industry Awards per se, because I still believe that the best way to hand out awards is the public voting. See, that's the dilemma now, is the Twippies have the best mechanism. The public votes is the best way to celebrate this industry because then all of us are a part of it. All of your votes count, and we saw in the Twippies that it matters more when these votes are coming from everyone. And you've got thousands of people who love pinball and they get to determine what they feel is the best. And I think that's the best system. But how do we wrap that in a thing that's just as entertaining as the product itself? And people have said, you know, Canada, you should be hosting some of these things. And that's just me saying it. But you know, the energy on this show, this is the kind of stuff you need to get people excited and carry them through a two-hour show. And that's all I'm going to say in the matter is I'm going into 2021 with, with an outlook like this. I don't want to see all these major personalities continue to be at odds with each other. I know sometimes I'm in the middle of that. I know sometimes I create some of that drama. I know sometimes as fans of this hobby, it's annoying to see content creators like at odds with each other. But here's the thing. It's over right? It's over. Like the Twippies are over. The pinball industry awards are over for last year. It's a new year. We have a vaccine. There's new optimism. There's new hope in the world. We're all going to start to live new again. So I hope moving forward, 
we all can bury these hatchets. And I'm going to let go of my anger. I'm going to let go of some of my hostility towards people because you know what? It's not going to get me anywhere. I'm not going to wake up any happier if, if I'm still mad that some of the people that talked smack about me didn't congratulate me winning the Twippy. That did eat me up for the last few days. I'm like, you talk so much smack about Canada and then you won't even congratulate him on the victory. I mean, even Conor McGregor, the biggest jerk in the world, when he gets knocked out, the first thing he does is he gets up and he shakes the hand of Habib. He shakes the hand of Justin Portier. He shakes the hand of the person who beats him and congratulates him. So I was a little like annoyed by that, that there still has been zero, zero correspondence from, from the super awesome pinball show to me and saying, hey, Chris, congrats, like well-deserved. Nothing, nothing. But I have no bad blood moving forward. I'm just saying, I'm just saying April 1st, as we move into the future, I have absolutely no bad blood or hostility towards anybody. Let's figure out a way to all get along. Life is too short. This hobby is too much fun. And we have so many great personalities in this hobby that we all should find a way to get along. And may all of the great energetic personalities start to work together on some of this stuff. And I think it would be more fun for everybody, okay? Everybody have a great April 1st. We'll talk to you soon.